0: Listening to the Backyard Brewer, a podcast for brewers and beginners brewing better beer. Welcome back to the Backyard Brewer, a podcast for passionate home brewers featuring how-tos, equipment reviews, and recipes. Week by week, we'll break brewing down into its essential processes to explain the what, why, and how. Our Brewing 101 series will help beginner brewers get the best out of this hobby. In our advanced topics, we'll touch on some of the more fun aspects of home brewing. It doesn't matter if you're a first-timer or an experienced brewer, there's content here for you. In this episode, we're going to investigate gravity. Not some scientific investigation into extraterrestrial forces acting on the Earth, but science anyways. Most brewers tend to geek out on at least a little bit of the science. A recent brewlosophy episode discussed, is brewing art or science? The overwhelming answer was yes. Yes, it is science. Yes, it is art. In equal parts. You need to understand the science, or at least the basics, to know what is going on. But every decision you make in the brew day, from the salts, to the mash bill, to the sparge, to the hops, to the yeast, make it a creative effort an artistic effort. Along the way, some brewers have made great art. For example, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, King Julius, Porticulture, and Flanders Red, to name a few. So as we dip our big toe into the swimming pool of science, remember that you need to know a little science, but have a lot of fun. Now, as home brewers, we take gravity readings for a number of reasons. To check our pre- and post-boil gravity, see how close we are to our expected numbers and what our mash and brew house efficiencies are like. Prior to fermentation, to establish the amount of alcohol that could potentially be produced. And after fermentation, to calculate the actual amount of alcohol in the beer. All of this relies on accurate readings being taken, And in this episode, we'll look at two of the most basic tools, the hydrometer and the refractometer. Now, we're going to be talking a lot about specific gravity. Now, what is specific gravity? Well, sometimes it's referred to as relative density. It's a measure of the density of a substance in comparison to the density of water. So during the mash process, we're extracting sugars and starches, from the wort, and as that dissolves into the water, it increases the density of the water. And we can quite simply measure the amount of sugar that's in that wort by taking a look at its specific gravity and comparing that to water. Now, it's important to know the gravity of your wort because that will affect how much alcohol is produced, how long it's going to take to ferment, and whether or not it's likely to get stuck. And that's a topic for another episode. The sweetness of the dryness of the beer is also affected, as are a myriad of other factors. Now, when it comes to measuring the specific gravity of a wort, there are two main tools we can use. The hydrometer and the refractometer. They do the same thing, but in very different ways. The hydrometer is a sealed glass tube that's calibrated to float at a given level in liquids to measure their specific gravity. Now, water has a specific gravity of 1.000. Because we're extracting those sugars from the grains into our wort, we increase the density of the water, and the specific gravity will increase along with those sugars. As an example, the specific gravity of seawater is 1.026 and beer wort can vary from 1.030, but can actually be lower than that, or it can go through to 1.100 and higher, depending on the style and the desired final ABV of your beer. The more sugar there is in the wort, the more potential alcohol can be produced. There are, however, practical limits such as drinkability and yeast tolerance. Too much sugar in a wort is going to make your yeast struggle uh, because the 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 sugars, the overload of sugars, can actually rupture cell membranes for the yeast. As the sugar is so much uh, denser than the water then what it tries to do is equalize the osmotic pressure. Now, there's a term you need to look up um, of the yeast cells. And it's trying to suck all the water out of the yeast to dilute the beer. Uh, That's Nature loves equilibrium. So we don't want to go too high because we can stress our yeast out and then start producing some really off flavors. But also too much alcohol in a beer can make it unbalanced. The other factor is the yeast's tolerance for alcohol. Now, most yeasts will come with a tolerance uh, and beer yeast, for example, will tolerate generally anywhere between 8% and 12%, although sometimes going higher than that. Wine yeast will tolerate up to 18%, for example. And what that means is as you get closer to that yeast tolerance, as they produce alcohol to a strength close to that yeast tolerance they'll become less efficient and eventually they won't be able to produce any more alcohol. So there is a practical limit. There's no use trying to produce a 12% ABV beer if you've only got a yeast that'll tolerate 8%. Now, before we start fermentation, we take an OG reading, and OG stands for original gravity, to see how much sugar we've converted during the mashing process. And at the end of fermentation, we take an FG reading, the final gravity, to see how much sugar is left. Then we use a calculator, something like Brewfather uh, we'll have a, has a calculator built into it to estimate the amount of alcohol in the beer. Now, I say estimate because this method is still an approximation. It's not an exact measurement, but it's pretty accurate for home brewing purposes it's perfectly fine. It's probably within 0.1 to 0.2 percent ABV and in most cases that's going to come down to your ability to accurately read the amount of or accurately read the specific gravity. Now when you're taking a reading as you may have learned in high school science if you weren't asleep on the day You've got to make sure that the measuring cylinder is level with your eye so that you're looking directly across the liquid. And you read from the bottom of the meniscus. Now, the meniscus is a, an attraction, or it's formed by an attraction of the liquid to the, the, the measuring cylinder's walls. And what you'll see is that the liquid slopes up slightly at the corners and it's a bit concave in the middle. So what you do is you read from the bottom of that meniscus And if you, I mean, you can get a one or two point variation if you read from the top of the meniscus. Again, it's not really going for homebrew purposes. It's not going to really make that much of a difference. Now we use the hydrometer, as I mentioned before, you can use it at the start of fermentation and you can use it through fermentation to see how your beer is going. And you can use it at the end of fermentation to see how much alcohol is being produced. The refractometer, on the other hand, can only be used at the start of fermentation. So refractometers work by measuring the light as it passes through the liquid. You've got a slide and a slide cover. You put some liquid on the slide, put the slide cover down, and you look through the eyepiece to see or to to read the the value that, that comes up. Now, from time to time, you should test your refractometer. You do this by putting pure water onto the slide. Now, I'd say use distilled water because even town water can have some dissolved solids in it and give you a slightly false reading. And if you watch the YouTube video that goes along with this podcast, you'll see exactly how to make those adjustments. Now, when you're going to take a refractometer reading, the first thing you want to do is clean your slide because you don't want any leftovers from the last reading to to, to affect the reading that you're about to take. So clean the slide off with just with some clean water, wipe it dry and lift the, the slide cover and put a little bit of liquid on there to be tested. Now, the advantage of refractometers is you only need a fraction of the amount of liquid to test as you do with a hydrometer. So there's a much less or a much lower chance of introducing infection into your brew because you're not not trying to take samples with a turkey baster or a, a wine thief or something like that. You can just use a sterilized pipette to get your sample. Then you place that on the eyepiece you put the slide cover down, get rid of any bubbles that are on there and put the slide piece up to your eye. Now, one thing that I always forget to do is, if, if I, because I wear glasses, take your glasses off, put the slide piece up to your eye, not in front of your glasses and adjust the focus ring so that you can see the reading. Don't try to read it through your glasses. It just makes it a little bit harder to actually see the, the scale itself. remember that you cannot use a refractometer once fermentation has started. So once you pitch your yeast, that's the last point you can take a refractometer reading. The reason for this is that alcohol present in the beer refracts light differently to water. So you will get a false reading. And while there are tools out there that can help you adjust for that, they're not entirely accurate, so I wouldn't trust it. The big advantage of using a refractometer from my point of view is that you can take readings throughout the boil process and because you're taking such a small sample, it doesn't take very long to cool down. Now remember that refractometers and hydrometers are calibrated at a given temperature. Mostly it will be around 20 to twenty-two two degrees Celsius. So you want to cool your wort down to that temperature before you take your reading because the temperature will affect the the density of the liquid. If you're using a refractometer, you're taking a much smaller sample and it takes a lot less time for it to cool down. So you can take multiple readings throughout your boil and see how you're going, how close you are, to your your target numbers. And as you're going through, you can adjust your boil, you know, you can adjust the boil on the fly to hit those numbers. Now, there's a few tips just to round out this episode. First of all, get yourself a 100mm measuring cylinder to take your hydrometer readings in. The cylinder that I originally bought was a 250mm cylinder and it takes way too much water to fill. A 100 ml cylinder will do the job just nicely. Second is get a reusable pipette or a small syringe for your refractometer, as it only takes a few drops of liquid to uh, on the slide to take that reading. And only take a small amount from your container, whether it's from the boil kettle or from the the fermenter, you only need a very small amount to get that measurement. Make sure everything is cleaned and sanitized if you're using a hydrometer. That way you don't have to worry about infections or waste your wort or beer. Now, if you clean and sanitize everything properly, then you don't have to tip that wort out. Remember, if your cylinder's is sanitized, if your hydrometer sanitized, if your turkey baster or wine thief or whatever you're using to take the sample is sanitized, then you still have a sanitary sample and that can be poured back in. Now, if you're taking, let's say, 80 mils and you've got to take three or four samples, you don't want to throw that out because that's a full glass of beer. So clean and sanitize everything, and that way you don't have to throw that wort or beer out. Now, hydrometers and refractometers, as I said before, are calibrated at a given temperature. Let your wort cool down before you measure it, and that's very important because you can see quite a significant change if you put your hydrometer in there and let it cool down as the wort's cooling down. You can see quite a a significant change in that, and that can be worth up to four points, four uh, density points, um, and and that is quite a significant, you know, change in, in your ABV if you're if you're after accurate numbers there. So, that, well, I'll leave it there. That's all for this episode. I hope you've gotten something valuable out of it. Remember, enjoy your hobby, drink responsibly and check us out on the socials also go to youtube because the youtube video that accompanies this is already up and you can actually see me taking those readings and showing you how to do it from the sunny hills north of bris vegas you've been listening to the backyard brewer